0: Welcome everyone to episode number five of the Lead Volunteers Podcast. We're thrilled that you're here with us today. I'm your host, Jeff Reining. And my name is Josh Denhart. Thank you so much for joining us. The Lead
1: Volunteers Podcast exists to help you, the ministry leader, turn your ministry pains into volunteer gains
0: exactly we want to help you get skills get inspired and get moving
1: exactly we want to get you skills so that you can find more joy in your ministry and avoid personal and ministry burnout we want to get you inspired however we want to we want you to remember that your labor in the lord is not in vain but we also want to get you moving we want to help you get motivated toward ministry greatness with some practical ideas
0: Absolutely. So if you're joining us for the first time, we are in the middle of this podcast series entitled How to Release a Volunteer. Because let's face it, there are times as a leader when you need to move someone to a different seat on the bus or maybe just off the bus entirely. (laughs) Exactly. But before we jump into part three,
1: how to release a volunteer, Jeff, could you provide us just a brief review of some of the reasons that someone might need to be released or moved as a volunteer.
0: Certainly. Put me on the spot. I'll do, I'll do my best here. <laughs> you, uh, got it. you got volunteers, it. Volunteers, they need to have a, a strong yes, as we talked about, in the four C's, as we've called them. Character, chemistry, competence, and circumstances. We have character. People, they, they need to have a strong biblical character to volunteer in our ministries. And then there's chemistry. People, they need to agree with where you're going and what you're doing, Your kind of your vision and where you're headed exactly. in ministry. And just have some chemistry with your leadership team in general. There's competence. People have to possess the needed skills or just be competent in a particular area. And then finally, there's circumstances that people need to have personal margin, like their life circumstances need to be in a place where they are in a space to serve. Absolutely. So on today's episode,
1: we're going to cover another important C or how someone's life circumstances might like might play a part in whether it's a good season or the right season for them to be serving in your area. They might be filled with godly character, be completely on board Uh, with your vision be the most competent particular person in a particular ministry area but their husband is changing jobs their aging mother-in-law just moved into their home and she found out to her surprise that she's pregnant again
0: (laughs) and that's just to name a few right (laughs) (laughs) quite a bit going on it it sounds like this person's season of life might preclude them from serving as a volunteer this season right it's yeah circumstances in life situation (laughs) like when it rains it pours pours. yeah exactly but uh
1: but how do you handle this situation right that's really critical here's the thing some people think they can juggle 209 different balls all at the same exact time and they need a loving shepherd to tell them that it's okay not to serve in this season the sea of circumstances of life stage or a season of life issue all right challenging seasons happen uh but 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 let's be clear this isn't a sin issue. I mean, some people just get overloaded in life. And sometimes um, this is of their own doing. And sometimes this is um, like their inability to say no to good things. But people have life circumstances that we should be cognizant of as their shepherd, right?
0: No, that's definitely true. We, I think we all get overloaded and stacked with commitments from time to time. We all
1: overcommit ourselves. True. I would agree. And however, uh, people can get overloaded in their life by things that are not because of the commitments that they have made. Sometimes life throws them curveballs, right? I mean, this would be like things like pregnancy, a new job, mother-in-law health issues, or their child has a serious issue. I mean, seriously, some people can get overburdened and taxed and and like they're tapping out because they've made too many yeses in their life. But also it can be things that are outside of their control. So we're all pretty busy. That's a standard rule of thumb. I get that. However, when super busy people have wrenches thrown into their life, Mm -hmm. they can start edging toward personal burnout.
0: Absolutely. Now, in previous podcast episodes in the series, you talked about seeing the signs or being able to discern what might really be happening. Uh, Can you touch on what external indicators might lead you to believe that someone may be in a season where their circumstances of life are just causing a challenge for them to carry out their responsibilities as a volunteer?
1: Absolutely. Here's the thing. As we always say at Lead Volunteers, everything in ministry comes down to relationships. Um, As leaders and shepherds, we need to be keenly aware of our little sheepies, right? And we need to be observing their lives. We need to have our finger on the pulse of our volunteers, I guess. And so there are some things that I might start observing in a key volunteer that might lead me to think, that they may be in a challenging season of life. I would say there's, there's some people who are always late and there are some people who tend to cancel more than others. And there are people who just look like they're a hot mess and disheveled nearly all of the time. Listen, I get it. Some people look like they're living a train wreck of life. Fine, that's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is when you see normal people who typically have their lives together
0: start to show new patterns of behavior um, we need to be aware of those things. Mm-hmm, gotcha. So wh- when it comes time to meet with them and talk with them about your concerns, how, how do you handle that?
1: Okay. So what I want to tell you, Jeff, and our listeners right now is that what I'm getting ready to tell you has been curated and refined over 10 plus years of serving um, and leading in the trenches of the local church. If you hear nothing else throughout this current podcast episode, please hear this. I would have the following conversation. Now I'm going to pretend as if I'm like actually having this conversation hey, um, I want you to imagine that I was a soccer coach and you were a star player and you broke your ankle and your ankle was badly broken and distorted. A bad coach would see this and exclaim, tape an aspirin to it and get back in that game. Now, a good coach would help guide that player to heal prior to any conversation about continuing to play. Listen, a good coach would see you and your health as more important than this ministry. Your situation, and I would insert whatever challenging life circumstance they're experiencing right now, that you see that demands that you take care of you right now. And I said, I'm not a coach. I'm your pastor. And I want to shepherd you toward a season of being served rather than you serving. Does that make sense to you? That's how I would open up and carry on a conversation. And I got to tell you, Jeff, I've had that conversation dozens of times, and it's a a healthy way of, of approaching it.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, this is this is really good. Uh, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that we're we're shepherds. We're not slot fillers. Like I'm a pastor first. I'm the student ministry volunteer schedule keeper as a very very distant second. Right. <laughs> if if you're listening right now, this is kind of the essence of ministry. We're not program directors though. We do direct some programs. Unfortunately, (laughs) I've heard people say that pastors are just glorified party planners and that's the wrong attitude. We're not event coordinators though. we do coordinate events. Sometimes we're pastors. Like it's a super high calling. There's a a weight to it. And and we're shepherds of God's people. And there's times in ministry where some sheep just need to be led beside quiet (laughs) waters and and maybe even forced to lay down and rest.
1: Amen. I couldn't agree more. We are pastors first. The rest takes a a back seat. And, um, if you're more concerned about filling your roster with volunteers than you are about someone's soul health, you should quit ministry and and be an event coordinator for a bouncy house company. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? We are called to do more than managing a, a roster. Um, we're called to do more than filling slots. We are called you listener are called to take care of people. Um, caring for people sometimes means helping them grow. Um, helping them grow. Sometimes the best thing to do is to push them and to stretch them and put them into a a space where they're going to see them grow and push them past their normal boundaries. But sometimes the best thing is to give them permission to not serve and be served in a season.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think you're onto something there. People, people do need permission to say no. I think people need to be handed a white flag and to be told that it's, it's okay to wave (laughs) that white flag and surrender for a season. They need that permission. They need to know that it's, they're not, we're not going to be disappointed at them, they won't be disappointing us if they just take a much-needed season of recuperation. Exactly.
1: I mean, people need permission to pause. And to be quite honest, they need a pastor's permission to pause.
0: Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And another thing, too, is that when we prioritize our ministry, like the ministry we're doing above someone's life, and so we're we're not communicating the essence of our pastoral calling. Because it's not about what you do as a pastor, what we do as pastors, it's about you being in the family of God and, and being healthy. Hallelujah. Um,
1: and by the way, if the frenetic pace of your ministry, you know, the show must go on. I get it, I worked at a big church, but that's, that I mean, that like big church, C in America, I got a big problem with that because the show must go on and, and we gotta think about people's souls. Now I wanna turn the corner um, and talk about the last remaining C or character. Now, it is by design that we're talking about both character and circumstances in today's episodes. I want to, as a point of review, the four C's are character, chemistry, competence, and circumstances. All of those need to be um, in a volunteer's life. But as as followers of Jesus, we are all prone to wander. There are times when a volunteer may find that their life has taken a turn away from solid biblical character. Let's not beat around the bush. People... Make sinful decisions. Mm -hmm. Yep, they do. And I would say often someone's sinful choices hurt themselves clearly and those around them. Now, depending on the nature of their situation, you can find um, that a volunteer ought not be serving at this time. And I want to speak to the reasons or rationale for needing to dismiss a volunteer from a post as a result of their sinful choices. Now, the items that I'm going to share are not like ranked in particular order of importance. All of the items I'm going to share hold equal weight or importance. First, I'm called as a shepherd of the flock. James 3, 1, right? It says that teachers are held to a higher standard. Sheep follow other sheep, often blindly. If we have a sheep who is in a leadership role, who is heading in a bad direction, we have a responsibility to the remainder of the flock and ultimately to the Lord to have them be sidelined for a while. Second, I am called as a shepherd to that individual, not just to the flock. I need to help shepherd and love that person who's made a bad choice. You see, I'm called to take care of the flock but that person happens to be in the flock. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm not only called to protect the entire flock, I'm called to help that individual who's made a bad choice. So just like the soccer coach example or whatever, a bad coach puts an injured or an unhealthy player back in the game. If an issue is surfaced about one of your volunteers... Let's say marital infidelity, the last thing they need to do is be using their time and energy towards volunteering with you. They need to focus their energies upon repentance and
0: seeking restitution
1: and all that stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. So, in a situation like this, what exactly do you share or say? I mean, I imagine you've had to deal with this in your decade plus time as a pastor. What did you say then? Yeah. So, um, while each situation was definitely
1: different in terms of the people and the players involved, um, there were two general things that I would cover. Essentially, um, they're the things that I just shared. Number one, James three one and other passages indicate that those in a leadership or a teaching role, they need to be held to a higher standard. Number two, this person, I care for them and I want their healing rather than simply what they do in this volunteer role. I would outright say, quote, I feel it's best for you to pull back from any serving or volunteering at this time. This may be something that we can readdress in the future, but I got to be honest with you, Bill. This really depends on how you respond to this situation that, 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 that is in your life right now. However, for right now, it is best for you and it is best for the flock that you step back from volunteering or serving at this time. Bill, does that make sense to you? That makes sense, Jeff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and what I like about it is it's not only straightforward, but it's it's said with kindness. Right. Like, I mean, you held forth the standards of scriptures. You, you affirmed your care for the flock at large and the hopeful restoration for this one person. Just something that takes grace and it. it takes some guts, right? <laughs> I mean, that's not an easy thing to say to someone right face to face. Yeah, yeah. And To
1: say to them, hey, guess what? Um, you need to s- you need to step down. Here's the deal, also, Jeff. I've done this many times. And I usually do this face to face. It's not a good phone call, right? <laughs> yeah, but I gotta say, they know, they know, and they are actually okay. They know that they've made a bad choice. Let's say, right? And um, it's okay. It is literally, Pastor, if you're out there listening in, in podcast land, it is completely okay to let them know um, that they need to be, they need to take a break to heal and we can't have them leading at this time it's like we got to say it right mm-hmm. um but i want to shift gears now okay so one even more complicated facet of someone's sinful behavior right so this person sins okay great they sinned they don't just hurt themselves they often hurt those around them so remember earlier today we talked about um this challenging life circumstance so we just got to talk about character and how somebody can have a character issue but we're also talking about circumstances of life now, sometimes that terrible, hard life circumstance is not that they're pregnant or their husband just got a new job. It often comes when their loved one sins and ruins a portion of their life. Now, I have had dear volunteers whose spouse inflicted deep hurt through a very public marital infidelity. And our volunteer, you see, they didn't sin, their spouse did. But this, unfortunately, um, this was a train wreck to their lives, and our volunteer, our beloved and godly volunteer, now has a challenging life circumstance that might necessitate them stepping aside. Not because they sinned, but because of the sin of someone close to them. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so many times we think about the, the person who did wrong, and, and we forget about the people who have been done Wrong. Exactly. So do you think that the volunteers who have been done wrong by their spouse, as an example, uh, should step down from serving? Okay, now that's a very interesting question. That, that's a great question, Jeff. I would say that first,
1: they did not sin. This is not their moral or character fail. However, let us never forget that when someone close to them has a moral failure, this will likely destroy the stability and circumstances of their life. Hear me out. They can stay and serve. They can. But I want to give them the freedom to resign and recover and restore what might be left in their marriage, let's say. So hear me out. I have had people whose lives were so destroyed by another that they were in no state to serve. However, I've also had people who were, had their lives destroyed and they literally requested to retain and stay in this role for some sense of normalcy right? And so some sense that, that, they, that they could have some regularity and, and keep serving during this difficult time in their life. Bottom line, this should be this person's decision coupled with some serious godly counsel, right? I, I want them to feel the freedom to, to back out because their life has been trashed, but who knows? This may be good for them to keep on. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if a leader is listening and they're considering the fact that they need to let someone go, regardless of the reason, what advice would you give them?
1: A, a very simple slowdown, Slow down. Take what, time. Do you, what do you mean by okay, that? I would say take time to consider which category you may be dealing with. All right. Is this a character issue or a sin issue? Is it a chemistry issue? Hear me out. Not every disagreement about how to do ministry is a sin issue. Hey, leader. Uh, podcast listener if somebody disagrees with how you're doing ministry that's not necessarily sin now how they may go about disagreeing with you different story but just because they disagree with the way that you're going up that hill does not mean that's a sinful thing does that make sense Mm -hmm. absolutely so we got okay we got character sin issues we got chemistry issues we've got competence issues whether they're a good fit from a terms of a gifting or not and then of course you have this challenging life circumstance so I think it's critical to slow down Chill out and make sure you know as best you can what is actually happening prior to proceeding.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, no, yeah, it's not something that we want to rush. So. No, doing your homework, just seeking to discern kind of which factors are at play, slowing things down. I like how you said that. But beyond this, is there any concrete or, or practical items you could share?
1: Yeah, I would. I would ask this to everyone who is listening: Do you have natural on ramps and off and off ramps for people to naturally get into serving? and naturally get out of a serving role. And I call this the sunset clause. We spoke about this in a previous episode. Now with the sunset clause, uh, there is a beginning, there is a middle and a defined end. The sun comes up, volunteer job begins high noon. Um, We're halfway through the experience and you can have an informal interview to see how it's going. And sun goes down, all parties are free to part ways. They're free to go. And you, as a leader, are free to let them go.
0: Mm-hmm. So just having these pre-established ending points for every area of service, it's a good thing, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, w- I would say um, sometimes the person is not a good fit, but they are not going to do any major damage during the duration of their service. Please hear me. Listen, they may not be the best fit, but chill out. Like, like, let them ride it out to the end of the school year, let's say. Um, I mean, they may not be a destructive individual. They just might be the best, best fit. Okay, that's great. Well, think about it. Think about it with me for just a moment. You realize somebody is not totally gifted in a particular order. You got two choices. Ask them to step down midstream or have their time uh, of serving come to a natural end in one month. For me, if you have a culture of easy on-ramps and off-ramps, what I call the sunset clause, you can easily allow... um, like save yourself some serious pain. Right. And, and, you know, maybe you can just wait them out. And so I think those are some good things to think about, right? Character, chemistry, um, competence and circumstances of life.
0: Absolutely. Well, that wraps up this episode of the lead volunteers podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope that you're getting something out of this, taking some notes with you to your office during the week and if you enjoy listening to the podcast with us please go ahead and subscribe leave a comment down below of what you're liking with us so far and also check out LeadVolunteers.com.